Today's reading is from Matthew 13, 24 through 30, 36 through 43. Another parable he put before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, and what do you want us to go? Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed means the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of, this, of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The son of man will send his angels, and they will gather out his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and throw them into the furnace of fire. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. The word of the Lord. He explained to them the beauty of Allah's creation, his power and wisdom. Idol worship is detested by Allah, for Allah is the Lord of the universe, who created, created us all, guides us, provides us with food and drink, and cures us when we are sick, and who will cause us to die and to be raised up again. It was Allah to whom Abraham prayed, and who would forgive his sins on the day of judgment. However, they would not give up, but they clung fast to idolatry. Now, Abram's father, Terak, was an idolater. That is, he was a maker and a seller of idols. And one day, he went out to attend a very important festival in a city on the other side of the river, and he left Abram in charge of selling the idols. So when a man would come who wanted to purchase an idol, he would ask him, how old are you? And the customer would answer, 50 or 60, wherever old he was. And Abram would respond, woe to the man who is 60 years old and desires to worship something one day old. And the customer would be ashamed and leave. So all the people left for the festival. And Abram waited until the city was empty, and then he came out cautiously. 
and he stepped toward the temple and went into the streets leading to the temple, and they were all empty, and the temple itself was deserted, for everybody had gone, even the priest of the festival in the other city. Abraham went into the temple carrying a sharp axe, and he looked at the stone and the wood statues of gods and the food laid out in front of them as offerings, and he approached one of the statues, and he asked it, uh, The food in front of you is getting cold. Why don't you eat? And the statue kept silent and rigid, and Abraham asked another statue around him, Will you not eat? There is an offering right before you. Abraham was mocking them, for he knew they would not eat. Once again he asked, What is the matter with you? Why don't you speak out? And then he raised his axe, and he started smashing all the false gods that, that were worshipped by the people. He destroyed them all, except for the largest one. And on that one he hung the axe. Now when his father came back, he said, Who did this? He saw the temple, all these idols had been smashed. And Abraham said, Why, What would I hide from you, father? Let me tell you truly, after everybody left for the festival, I heard a sound by the temple. And so I went and crept, and I looked in, and I heard that big, the biggest of the idols demand that all the other idols give him their food that had been off, given to them as an offering. And when they said no, that biggest god rose up and took the axe and smashed all the other idols. His father said to him, Are you making fun of me? Don't you know anything? These are silent, dumb pieces of wood and stone. Abram said to his father, Shall your ears not hear what your mouth is saying? His father was upset, and he took Abram to King Nimrod and turned him over to King Nimrod to be punished. And Nimrod said to him, Let us worship the fire. And Abram said, If so, let us worship the water, which extinguishes the fire. And King Nimrod said, Well, let us worship the water. And Abram said, If so, let us worship the clouds, which bear the water. And Nimrod said, Well, let us worship the clouds. And Abram said, If so, let us worship the wind, which scatters the clouds. And Nimrod said to him, Let us worship the wind. And Abram said, Let us worship the man who withstands the wind. And King Nimrod said, You are speaking nonsense. I only bow to the fire, and I will throw you in the fire. Let this God of yours, who you bow down to, come and save you from it. At once, they took up Abram, and they threw him into the fiery furnace, and the fire did not burn him. The fire did not burn him, would not burn him, and then the fire roared loudly. And it was there in the fiery furnace that Abram saw the Lord. Yahweh said to Abram, Bring yourself out of your birthplace, out of your father's house, your homeland, and I will bring you to see this new land. Long, long ago in the time, the Han Dynasty, in the mountains outside of the capital, four brothers were born to an old woman who lived there, far away from her countrymen. 
They were identical. Even she could not tell them apart. So she asked the gods to give each one of them a different gift so that she would know which was which. And the gods answered her and gave them each magical gifts. And as they grew older, the gifts became apparent. The first brother could swallow the entire river and hold it in his mouth. And the second brother could make any part of his body as hard as iron. And the third brother could stretch his body out out, uh, far, like rubber. And the fourth brother could not be burned, no matter what. Now, these brothers grew up with their old mother in the mountains and never went to the capital and didn't know the ways of the capital. But one day, their old mother got sick and they needed medicine. So the first brother said, I'll swallow up the river and then you run and collect all the fish and I'll put the river back and then I'll take the fish into the capital and we'll sell the fish and use the money to buy the medicine. So that's what they did. And the first brother loaded up all the fish and went down into the capital. And he could not believe his eyes. He was amazed at all the grand places and the palaces and the marketplace. And he went there and very quickly found someone to buy his fish. And as he was about to go out to look for medicine, this grand parade came through and he just never seen anything like it. And there was somebody in a large, uh, a large carriage coming towards him and all the other people all around acted as if they had dropped something and they bent down and he just stood there in astonishment and amazement smiling and then of all things the carriage stops in front of him and he hears a voice saying bow bow down and he didn't know what was meant by this he didn't know what was wanted and so he spoke back to the voice he's like pardon me are you talking to me and the voice says how dare you address the emperor And they immediately seized him and threw him in prison. And the emperor said, you uh, will be put to death. At dawn, we will cut off your head. And he said, but please, my mother is sick. Let me at least get this medicine and bring it back to her. And so the emperor said, that's fair. And he went back and he gave the medicine to her and she was better. But he stayed with her and sent instead the second brother who could make any part of his body as hard as iron. And his brother went down there, and he said, I'm ready, I'm ready now for you to chop off my head. And they took the axe, and it hit, and there was just a loud clanging sound. They tried to cut his head off. They tried to sever his arms. His body, it seemed like, could not be cut. So they said, that is it. We are going to drown you in the sea. And he said, oh, that's okay, I understand, My, I, I, have committed, I have committed wrong against you, emperor, but could I please just go back and say goodbye to my mother one last time? And the emperor said, I think that's fair. So he goes back and he tells his brothers what's going on. And so they decided that the third brother would go in his place. And he goes there and they go out on a boat and they throw him off. And as soon as the brother gets in the water, he stretches out his legs all the way to the bottom of the sea and stands there waving at the emperor's guard. Well, they were completely upset with that. No, they said, this is it. Okay, one last thing. Nothing can survive the fire. So they took him on board and they were bringing him 
and they prepared a fiery furnace. He said, if I could just please one last time, go and say goodbye to my old mother. So the emperor said, I guess this is only fair since clearly this is your last day. He went back and he told everybody what happened. So the fourth brother went and they brought him down here and he said, I'm ready. And they took him and they threw him into that fiery furnace. And it was as if it was tickling him, as if it was a light breeze to him. He sat inside that fiery furnace smiling. And the emperor finally screamed out, if you cannot be killed, if even the fiery furnace will not consume you, clearly you are a man that does not need to bow to anyone. And he sent him on his way. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gigantic golden statue. It was 60 cubits, and its width was 6 cubits, and he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent out all his minions and generals and officers and said, bring the word to all the peoples in all the lands that they are to come before my giant golden statue and bow down to it and thus play homage to me. Tell them all when they hear the sound of the musicians, of the lyre and the pipe and the harp and the drum, all the nations there gathered before my great golden statue shall bow down. So they went out and they did this and all the nations came out and the music played and everybody bowed down except those Israelites. Now, these Chaldeans came forward and denounced these Israelites. They went and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, King, we, you have decreed that everybody bow down to your great statue, but we need to tell you when the music played that these did not bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar said, any that does not bow down to me and worship my God will be thrown in a blazing fiery furnace. So he called these had these Jews brought to, for him from the province of Babylon, and they were named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he said, is it true that you pay no heed to me, that you will not bow down to my golden statue that I set up and commanded everybody to bow down? They said, if you, if you do not do this, we will throw you in this fiery furnace. You shall bow down and worship it immediately, or the blazing fire will be set. And this God who you say that you serve will be required to come and save you. It'll be out of my hands. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, Nebuchadnezzar, we mean no disrespect to you. It is just that we cannot bow down before any other gods but the one true God. And this filled Nebuchadnezzar with rage, and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be thrown in this fiery furnace. And he was so enraged by them and their unwillingness to bow down that he had the fire stoked seven times hotter than it ever was before. 
so hot was it that when they bound up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they brought them to throw them in, the guards that led them were instantly consumed by the flame. The three of them fell into the fiery furnace and those gathered could not believe what they saw. King Nebuchadnezzar himself came close and looked in and he saw inside four men unbound, walking around in the middle of the furnace, not being touched by the fire at all. And he called, he called his guards and he said, did we not throw three men into the fiery furnace? How is it that I see four and one of them has the appearance of a god? He called out Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, Clearly, your God is more powerful than mine. Go in peace. There's a Buddhist folktale about a father, single father, had one son. He'd lost his wife and the rest of the family. And he lived in a village that had somehow greatly offended the neighboring and much more powerful village. When the father was out fishing one day, these more powerful neighbors attacked the village and set it on fire. A great blaze consumed all that was in the village. When the father came back, he saw everything burned and found near his house the charred body of a young boy and assumed that this was his son. And he was so devastated. He had the body completely cremated and placed in a special bag that he made. And he carried that with him wherever he went. He was so filled with sorrow, he could not be parted from the ashes of his son. But his son had not been burned. These neighbor, neighbors had hauled off his son and kept him prisoner. But he eventually escaped and came back to the village where his father had rebuilt the house. And he knocked on the door and said, Father, it's your son. Let me in. And his father clutched that bag of ashes and said, You are playing a joke on me. I have my son with me. Go away. And the boy knocked again. Father, it's, it's me. And he said, my son was consumed in the fire. I have him here with me. Stop playing tricks on me. And he held on tight to that bag of ashes. And eventually, the son left and never returned. He put before them another parable. He said, the kingdom may be compared to someone who sows seeds, good seeds, in his field. He sows good seeds, and then while he's asleep, an enemy comes in and sows weeds. And the weeds grow up, and they grow together. 
And a slaveholder came out and said to him, um, the slaves of the household came out and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seeds in your field? And he says, well, well, yes, I did. Then he's, where did these weeds come from? And he says, an, an enemy must have done it. Um, then he says, do you want me to go and pull all these weeds out? And the householder said, no, no, don't do that, because when you pull the weeds out, you will pull the wheat out as well. Let both of them grow together and tell the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, bind them in a bundle, and burn them in a fiery furnace and bring the wheat to my barn. Jesus told the crowds all things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken. I will open my mouth to speak in parables, and I will proclaim what is hidden from the foundations of the world. He left the crowds, and his disciples came to him saying, Can you explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field? Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seeds are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of the kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will be thrown into a furnace of fire where they will burn and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let those who have ears to hear listen. Listen. 